Welcome to Trade Finance Talks, a podcast from Trade Finance Global. During this series, we'll be hearing from global experts, as well as learning about the latest trends, technology and insights in the world of international trade and receivables finance. Episode 82. Technology is playing an increasingly important role. The last couple of years, markets have obviously experienced a very high level of uncertainty together with supply and demand challenges. My prediction about the future is going to only be harder to predict. And that's, I guess, where we do see a role for real-time telemetry, real-time monitoring is really, as much as we can, try to manage some of those risks. My name is Dipesh Patel, editor at Trade Finance Global. This podcast was originally going to explore Veridapt and deal origination using Veridapt technology. But in light of the Russia-Ukraine conflict and the impact it's having on the prices and movements of commodities, we thought it would be timely to shift the conversation to the role technology can play as we all attempt to navigate in very dark and uncertain waters. I'm delighted to be joined by Sean Birrell, CTO and co-founder at Veridapt and Rod Hutchinson at Veridapt. Welcome both to Trade Finance Talks. Thanks for having me. So brief introduction and in no more than 30 seconds or so, Sean, I'll start with you. Who are you? Where are you from? And what do you do? Yeah, so Sean Birrell, as you said, I'm one of the co-founders of Veridapt and uh, this has been really the work, my working life thus far. I had founded a company before Veridapt, but this has been by far and away the majority of my working career. And that's been a working career in industrial IoT, showing my age, but even before it was called industrial IoT. I'm the CTO now here. I look after our development teams, both hardware and software. And Veridapt develop commodity monitoring solutions for bulk commodities, energy, and we develop everything from ruggedized hardware purpose in the sort of remote and harshest locations in the world, all the way through to our cloud applications, which are providing anomaly detection reports for operators, financiers, traders, or inspectors around the world. Thank you very much. So you guys have a really good grip on what's going on in, in markets around the world. Rod, same question to you. What's your background and what's your role at Veridapt? Yeah, sure. And uh, again, thanks to Pesh for having us. Good to be here. I started my career in banking. I spent 17 years with Rabobank and seven years with ABN AMRO, largely in origination roles and agri, energy and metals. During that time, I worked in New Zealand, Australia, the UK, and the last 12 years or so in the US. In the middle of last year, I switched to technology and joined Veridapt. I'm responsible for sales in the Americas. Yeah, and I think, look, some people ask, you know, why was the switch, you know, out of banking for a long time into technology? And, you know, my answer to that is, you know, in my mind, there's no question, certainly technology can help alleviate some of the supply chain issues and also bring more liquidity back into the commodities market. Thank you very much both. And you're joining us from Florida, US and Sydney, Australia. Sean, can you provide our audience with a brief overview of what Veridapt does, just going into a bit more detail on your previous question. Veridapt, as I said, is a commodity monitoring platform. It essentially is interfacing with sensors that are measuring the quantity and quality of various commodities in inventory through supply chains, so for example, through transportation. And then we might even monitor those commodities through to their ultimate consumption or uh, whatever 
further processes they may go through. We generally describe the solution in three layers. Uh, the solution really relies upon sensors to provide us that primary quality and quantity data. The solution is quite agnostic to those sensors, but that will be uh, level sensors, flow meters, pressure transducers, temperature probes, things of that nature. And we interface with a very wide variety of standard sensors or even more bespoke and custom sensors. The middle layer is the data aggregation layer, essentially, and that's where we do build uh, very targeted hardware platforms designed for deployment as I said before, around the world in harsh and remote areas. That might be in the Arctic Circle, that could be in northwestern Australian desert. Commodities are processed or mined or stored in all around the world, and we need a hardware platform that is able to withstand all of those conditions. That hardware platform, as I said, is talking to those sensors. It's executing low-level business logic in terms of controls, and then it's pushing that data through to our cloud application. And that cloud application allows a producer to monitor a supply chain that might be critical to a process that could provide, as we're talking in the context here, visibility and transparency to a financier that is providing trade finance to an inventory stored in a remote location or a very large quantity of inventory stored on customer-owned premises, for example. In all the use cases, really, the platform is aiming to provide real-time data on commodities, whether they be in storage, in transit, or various different use cases. But all of it really relies upon accurate, real-time, trusted data, whatever the use case may be. And that's really core to the platform. Ultimately, what you're trying to do with these types of technologies is provide data and insights that might be otherwise difficult to uh, you know, obtain. You know, If you're using purely a manual inspection method or reports from third parties, it can be challenging to get a, a full overview of a given supply chain. And it's really important that in today's climate, whether it's supply chain volatility and risk within the supply chain, whether that be a response to some of the frauds that have been experienced in supply chain financing, more transparent, trusted and accurate data is important uh, in all of those instances. It's quite exciting and probably a bit unusual that we have a company, I guess, showcasing both hardware and software solutions. And, and I guess also a testament given the impressive list of mining companies you have using Veridap software. Now, obviously, we've had COVID, we've had geopolitics, we have the Russia-Ukraine conflict. We've also had the real push towards sustainability and more transparent supply chains. How is the current situation, Rod, impacting Veridapt and your customers? Technology is playing an increasingly important role. The last couple of years, markets have obviously experienced a very high level of uncertainty together with supply and demand challenges. You know, we've seen some extreme price volatility. Weather, certainly in the US, has also played a role. I'm just thinking back to last year. The winter weather we experienced, you know, from the Great Lakes to Texas, highly unusual, super cold, which caused all sorts of dislocation in energy markets, for example. You know, and then moving more recent into recent weeks, as you mentioned, the conflict, Eastern Europe. I think certainty and visibility, whether it's real-time monitoring of collateral or independent sourcing of information or both, become very important and in some cases critical. You know, having a visibility in this is a Supply chain you know, can only help solve, I think, supply chain issues, enabling also liquidity into these markets, which is, you know, has been a challenge, I think, over recent years and 
possibly even more so in recent weeks. So, you know, I think these periods of volatility have at time to time again been well managed by most industry participants. It's the fraud situations or poor quality monitoring of collateral, which has caused surprises for particular banks, which has led to de-risking around the world and, you know, in some cases, exits from the space. So for us, it's it's really about, you know, how can we help companies, banks, financiers you know, navigate that, manage that better and, you know, potentially, you know, bring back some of that liquidity to the market. Thank you very much. And I guess, Sean, to echo that, yeah, Veradapt is all about that transparent, real-time monitoring and measuring of commodities. It seems to me that such a need to know is more pressing today than ever before, right? Yeah, certainly. And I think, you know, Rod touched on some of the main drivers, like, for example, with the banks, that the impact of some of the challenges that the industry had around thefts and frauds or mismanagement of collateral had a really material impact, as he was explaining. But I also think it extends into the needs of operators, or we've got a large mining base, uh, client base as well, where they've had operational challenges over the last two years. They've been short-staffed, they've had uh, lockdowns and challenges of getting people and equipment to site. All of those things have meant that having a really clear insight into your positions you know, has never been more important. We are very focused on giving a, a full picture of of supply chains wherever possible. I think that it's needed from a production and operator's perspective, but I think a lot of the most acute pressing use cases we see are those in supply chain finance. I think that's really been such a big disruption to that industry over the last few years as that liquidity has decreased, as Rod said, as some of those players have exited, as there's been a flight to uh, quality or a flight, I guess, into better credit customers that's left you know a large portion of the market underserved. So being able to provide that data as needed, when it's needed, that's going to be really critical to meeting some of those challenges and and providing assistance to all the participants in the supply chain that do rely on finance. Rod, just going into a bit more detail on that supply chain finance perspective, have you seen liquidity in the markets, I guess, be reduced as a result of that? And in light of, you know, I'm sure there are several contracts that were pegged to $70 oil, despite its massive increase now. What are you seeing from a financing perspective? I think um, it continues to be a challenge, you know, with high prices and the volatility we're seeing. Yeah, you know, just to go back a, a little bit in terms of what Sean was saying, you know, for a large part of the mining space, technology has brought operational and optimization, I think, to the supply chain. That said, there is another large component to it, which is what we're getting to now, is the you know management of working capital and the financing around that. So then we get into the whole world of risk management, right? In particular, if we're going to talk about the world of trading, you know, traders, in my view, I mean, they're really risk managers and likewise the bank. So risk management is key to any financing decisions, both for the client and for the, any financier, particularly during you know, times of heightened liquidity. Uh, Sorry, volatility. There is an increased urgency from the market to adopt new technology. I see that. I mean, it's been coming for some time, but I really do see an increased urgency you know, to help manage certain risks. We are bringing out technology to the commodity financing space where counterparties can see their real-time movement of transactions and in particular, you know, the collateral that a bank for example, will rely on to lend against. We also offer the ability to remain independently 
rather than purely relying on customers and third parties is important. Again, looking back at previous examples, that really can be very important. It's about you know converting the information from physical to digital, you know, through our easily deployed hardware and software. You know, this is something we commonly talk to customers about, you know, about how quickly we can get into a site. You know, often it can be done in the morning, actually at a terminal, for example, if we were talking about a liquids terminal, which is important too, because we don't want to be intrusive and make it as easy as possible. I think one of the challenges in the industry is, you know, you face the numbers are large, right? We're talking commodities and again, in a sort of heightened price environment. Yes, it's typically cyclical in commodities, but especially right now, I mean, the price of commodities, I think, as you alluded to, Depeche, they're skyrocketing and who knows where that goes to, right? You know, I feel that things have settled down a little bit towards the end of last week, but very difficult to kind of see into the future where it all goes to. You know, and a lot of the information in the industry has in the past been backward looking or, you know, or outdated information. So when you're making risk management slash financing decisions, you need as up-to-date information as possible. It really is critical. So new technologies enable market participants to receive real-time data, alerts and alarms, and can really help with those important decisions. And uh, it's a challenging environment, again, because the numbers are getting bigger with heightened commodity prices and also just the volatility and, again, uncertainty. It's, uh, you know, we've had a couple of years of this you know, with COVID and then now we've got other geopolitical event situations that only add to that. So it just makes it more difficult to be making those decisions. Thanks very much. And just honing in on one of those parts, theft and, and fraud, it's a long-standing concern across commodities and commodities trade finance. Now, Veridap technology does allow for real-time monitoring, whether it's a tank, refinery, a silo or grain stockpile. From a financing perspective, Rod, why do banks really need to be on top of this? Particularly in um, secured financing, you're lending against a structure. You know, usually that structure is supported by assets and you know, short-term liquid assets. To have information readily available on that asset pool, if you want to call it, is really critical. And again, I think in the past, banks have been you know, used to for many, many years, looking backwards, you know, older information. So, you know, as technology, more technology comes, including what, you know, we're offering a Veridat, that improves. Again, going back to this whole discussion, when we get into sort of frauds, and I think there is technology there that can really mitigate those situations. And we don't need to get, probably go into each, you know, some of these examples, but I think for the folks listening, it, it's pretty easy to look back and see where some of the problems were. And, you know, with this more real-time, more independent information to make your decisions, whether it be a, a larger sort of credit decision to get into certain transactions or just the day-to-day monitoring is very, very important. Sean, let's go into the technical. So from a technical standpoint, how does real-time monitoring work? And perhaps you could give a brief explanation of the use cases for tank gauges and also LiDAR technology. I think it's important to say up front that a lot of this is mature technology. What Veridapt is doing is bringing those existing mature technologies to this supply chain financing use case in a way that is aligned with the needs of supply chain financing. And what I mean by that is something that Rod mentioned earlier. It's really about focusing on ease of deployment 
rapidly getting into a facility, deploying the solution, minimal or no operational impact, making sure that you know, you're know uh, you maintaining a really strong security posture, both the physical infrastructure, but also obviously, you know, we're all aware of uh, the cyber risks. So I would say upfront, it's important to understand that we are building on top of mature, well-proven technologies, but really looking to apply them in a way that can be used in these applications where, you know, you don't want to have a major IT project or a major operational technology project. You want to be able to stand up a system very quickly in synchronization with an emerging deal or an emerging structure. So that's probably just one important thing to, to sort of stress up front. In terms of how it actually works, there's a lot of different sensing technologies, and but you asked a couple of examples. So tank monitoring, that would have to be definitely one of the most mature markets for industrial IoT or process control sensors. There's a wide range of technologies from very low cost pressure transducers and ultrasonic you know, level sensors all the way through to sophisticated uh, guided wave radar sensors where, you know, you're bouncing essentially a, a radar of, a, you know, the surface of a liquid and, and measuring the time of flight to record a, a distance. So there's a lot of different technologies at different price points. What we tend to do as a business is often there's existing infrastructure. And so we'll use the existing sensors, whether they be high-end systems, you know, that we might see in a supply chain financing transaction like guided wave radar, or, you know, in sort of more operational use cases, a lower cost ultrasonic solution might be sufficient. So where there are fit for purpose sensors, we try to use those existing components. Otherwise, we can help a customer or do it ourselves, uh, you know, install sensors in place. So I guess the point there is if you look at something like, you know, liquid monitoring, there's a very, very wide range of sensors available. And you're really looking for those that suit the need of the particular application that you have in mind. And that goes to accuracy, cost, availability. <laughs> That's a big issue at the current climate. You need to be able to get your hands on the actual instruments and then making sure that you're able to install those in the quickest amount of time. But our actual hardware platform, which interfaces with these sensors, it has been really, really focused on two main things. One is speed of deployment and two is security. There's a, a really important aspect of the entire success of any project is your ability to get it installed in as short a time as possible. In addition to sort of the level sensors in tanks, you obviously have ancillary sensors, for example, temperature, and they're there to give you temperature compensated volume readings, for example, as might be required for various crude products or refined products. There's standards that record those product volumes at a, at a standardized temperature. So there's sensors that need to also be included in any sensing solution. But this is mature technology. There's a wide range of solutions available and these are reliable, robust instruments. You touched on the LiDAR technology. That definitely is at the other end of the spectrum where you probably are looking at a more emerging technology. One of the areas that we've seen a lot of interest is in monitoring stockpiles. And there's Obviously, we've been measuring stockpiles forever, but there's obviously an emerging need for real-time monitoring of stockpiles. There's always been you know, the traditional surveying methods to, to survey a stockpile. There's been new technologies such as drones using photogrammetry or LIDAR sensors to create 3D images of stockpiles. And that's been a real, I guess, advancement in the industry. But what we do see is that provides only an ad hoc measurement of a stockpile, but it does provide a very accurate model of a stockpile. And so how the LIDAR works, that's a basically a laser pulse is fired from the instrument out in a in a pattern generally. It might be a horizontally scanning pattern. Some of them sort of sweep in a circle, but essentially it's firing out an array of laser pulses very, very quickly. Those laser pulses are hitting objects in the environment. And then a number of those are being reflected and returning back to the instrument. So 
the instrument then measures the time of flight of each of those pulses and determines the distance. So each of those pulses and its distance creates a point cloud, which is essentially, imagine some sort of model of 3D space and you get quite literally a cloud that describes maybe a surface that the LiDAR has projected upon. So that could be the end of a stockpile, for example. This technology has been applied, obviously, in surveying and civil construction for many, many years. And there's incredibly accurate and high-quality systems out there, but they're very, very costly. But there's certainly been a real change in that industry as the automotive market has started to move towards more autonomous vehicles. That's led to the development of lower and lower-cost LiDAR sensors as, obviously, a sensor that can give you a 3D map of, of an environment is a very, very useful sensor when you're trying to solve the problem of autonomous vehicles. Um, so that's really, really pushed down the cost of LiDAR sensors. And what Veridap's done is gone and taken some of that technology that's been really developed quite aggressively over the last few years and is applying it into real-time monitoring applications where instead of a drone providing you a one-off scan of, a, of an area, we can provide continual monitoring through our LIDARs fixed in place. And we're able to do that because the costs have come down sufficiently to a level where you can have that sort of array of sensors in place to provide you with that 3D mapping. Um, so that's sort of two examples, uh, a little bit into the detail there, but I guess suffice to say that, you know, if there is something that can be measured with a sensor, we can tend to integrate with it. And there's always new technologies. So whilst you've got really mature technologies like tank aging, you know, new technologies coming into the market like LIDARs are really opening up new measurement and monitoring opportunities for things such as you know large stockpiles. Thanks, Sean. And that's a really comprehensive overview. I guess going a little bit further in terms of the theme around Internet of Things, can you then use this to provide, I guess, not just real-time monitoring, but real-time feedback if something doesn't smell quite right because one of the instruments is displaying something that you're not expecting? Can perhaps signals be sent back to the financier to say, hang on, there's something going on here that's not quite right? And can you then in real-time provide feedback, whether it's you know executing a contract or releasing funds, for example. I think it's really important to say that without providing some sort of actionable insight, you could very quickly get lost in a sea of data. So as you said, you know, you're collecting all of this data, but you need to be able to provide some sort of insight that might not be otherwise captured. So, you know, one example is that we don't, wherever possible, we don't rely on a single data point. So going back to the tank gauging scenario, yes, of course, you can measure level, you can measure temperature, you can get a temperature compensated volume for a given tank. But we also, wherever we can, we try to look at any inflow metering or outflow metering, any other measurement point that can allow us to validate one sensor against the other. And what our system is constantly doing is validating each sensor against each other, reconciling that inventory in real time, but also helping us detect if there's anomalies due to an issue with an instrument or it could be due to a tank leak or a theft or some other incident that's occurred that the system can detect and flag. So there definitely is opportunities to provide that kind of intervention with a financier so they can take action. And I think another area where we'll see a lot more development and we're certainly focused on is around things like quality in agricultural products. So if there's been a case in the news recently where 
you know, there's been a fairly large loss sustained to the quality of some grain declining. And so being able to look at the ongoing uh, quality and the storage conditions of an agricultural commodity, that could also be important data for a financier when they're considering that that commodity is ultimately either owned by the bank or their collateral in a loan. Thank you very much. And I guess there are so many other applications of this, such as looking at the transparency in supply chains, given the customers, governments, multilaterals appetite to really green up supply chains. And, and you know, I know Veradapt is doing a lot to address the growing importance of ESG amongst its customers and other customers. And I'm sure we could a whole podcast just talking about that alone. And I know CEO David has written a couple of pieces on TFG around this, which is linked in, in this podcast. So to end End this podcast, I'm going to ask a final question, which I was planning to ask. Where do you see the commodities industry going in the next 12 months or so? That's a brave call for anyone, given the very fluid current state of global affairs. So, so instead, I guess I ask, do you have any final thoughts? Sean, over to you. Well, I guess I certainly don't see it being any less volatile. I mean, I think, you know, what's happened over the last couple of years, whether it be weather, climate, a pandemic, or, you know, the really unfortunate situation we see in Eastern Europe, there's seems to be constant shocks to supply chains around the world. And what we see is that this is part of the environment that we have to work within now. So I would say my prediction about the future is going to only be harder to predict. And that's, I guess, where we do see a role for real-time telemetry, real-time monitoring is really as much as we can try to manage some of those risks. I think some of them are out of our control, but also to mitigate some of those risks, you know, where we can, given the volatility more broadly, we need to do our best to mitigate those risks that we can mitigate. And I think that you'll see a trend towards that. I think we're seeing a lot of industry participants looking towards technology solutions that, you know, obviously that's an area of focus and interest to us, but we're seeing industry collaborations. We're seeing, you know, the involvement of trade bodies and governments in trying to solve some of these challenges. So I think that there's going to be a lot of activity and a lot of effort put into trying to help manage what is, I think, going to be a volatile environment going forward. Rod, over to you. I agree with all of what Sean just said. And, you know, the high price environment and the short, possibly even medium term are here to stay. Obviously, there's um, central banks and, you know, the Fed here in the US are are working hard to manage inflation. But I think it's probably not going to go away anytime soon. This whole transitory you know, inflation environment was pre what's happening in the last sort of month or so, I think probably would have got under control relatively quickly. But um, now there's other pressures. So, you know, I think we're going to be in this high price environment for some time. And together with that, the volatility, it's I don't think it'll go away. So, you know, again, what Sean was saying, I think, um, you know, the more that industry participants can adopt technologies to help manage, you know, one, the high price environment and two, the volatility, you know, obviously, that's a good thing. Thing and you know, that's what we're focusing on to bring solutions to that part of the market. Thank you very much, Rod. So just to summarize, I think, you know, that high price environment, supply shocks, interest rate and inflation challenges are probably set to remain. And it is definitely putting a strain on the commodity trading and the commodity trade finance industry. I think the greatest certainty we have is uncertainty and volatility, particularly over the coming months in in these very uncertain territory that we're in right now. But I guess being prepared, being proactive and, and looking for solutions that allow for real-time data collection, monitoring, and of course, 
feeding back on that, acting on it and implementing really is critical to mitigate or at least try and reduce some of those risks that we could foresee in the commodity markets. Sean Rod, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on Trade Finance Talks today. Thank you very much for coming on at, at last minute and, and discussing some of those situations and the use cases for technology in during these current times. So it's been an absolute pleasure and hopefully see you soon. Stay safe. Thank you. Very good. Thanks to Pete. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Trade Finance Talks. Be sure to subscribe to our podcasts at tradefinanceglobal.com. 